0: Welcome to Math Mutation, a podcast where we discuss fun, interesting, or just plain weird corners of mathematics that you would not have heard in school. Recording from Hillsborough, Oregon, this is Eric Seligman, your host. And now, on to the math. Math Mutation 199, Precaution or Paranoia? Before we start, I'd like to thank listeners Dim Quester, who posted another nice review on iTunes, and Jordan Mahoney, who shared our podcast link on Facebook. Remember, you too can have your name or bizarre iTunes nickname immortalized by following in Dim or Jordan's shoes. Now on to today's topic. You may have heard some online skeptics derisively refer to the precautionary principle, the idea popular among certain activists that if a new technology has any risks at all, or some new product has a non-zero amount of toxic contamination, we have to take the safe path and ban it. While a certain level of caution is always wise, the fact is that anything you do contains some level of risk, and any product contains some level of contamination. For example, we still all ride in cars even though an average of 0.72 people die for every 100 million passenger miles. Should cars be banned because this number is 0.72 rather than zero? If we follow this principle in general, we would effectively prevent all forms of scientific and technological advance. So I was surprised to see some buzz on the internet indicating that Nassim Nicholas Taleb, A famous mathematical philosopher who's written several books on risk and probability, and who I respect a lot, has been arguing that the precautionary principle needs to be applied to the concept of genetically modified foods, or GMOs, and that they should therefore be banned. I downloaded his paper linked in the show notes to learn a little more about this somewhat surprising position. Let's start by reviewing the black swan concept, which you may remember me introducing back in podcast 84. The idea here is that when managing risk, we have to consider both the probability of a negative event and the magnitude of its effect. If a low probability event known as a black swan causes a huge penalty, this could outweigh all the cumulative benefits of taking a risk over time. For example, suppose we make a bet that we'll flip a coin once per month, and I have to pay you a $100 for each head, but you pay me a $1,000 for each tail. There are risks for me to each coin flip, I could gain or lose money, but not much overall risk by playing this game, since it's nearly impossible for me to lose a lot of money, and in the long term I'll profit nicely. Now suppose we add a new rule. If we see the black swan event of five heads in a row, I need to pay you a million dollars. With this rule, the game has changed a lot. If a certain low probability but not impossible result happens, I'll be totally ruined, losing more money than I've ever won in the game. The expected number of tosses to get five heads in a row is about 62, so even though the game might seem profitable to me for a year or two, I'm virtually guaranteed to be ruined in the long run. Of course, this game is pretty silly, but as Taleb has pointed out, many traders of complex derivatives in the stock market are essentially playing it. They please their bosses by showing steady market-beating profits and collect their annual bonuses until one day some low-probability Black Swan event causes them to lose their company much more money than their accumulated total profits. Often by that point, they built enough savings so they don't care if they're fired. The Black Swan concept goes beyond finances, of course, which is where the GMO discussion comes in. Taleb points out that when taking any action that provides risk of global ruin, we need to apply the precautionary principle, because when you multiply a small probability risk by the infinite costs of the global ruin scenario, you can see that the risk just isn't worth it. In other words, in cases where the cost is total ruin, the precautionary principle should apply, and we should refuse to take any risk, no matter how small it seems. We need to be careful here, though, in that Taleb is not advocating a universal embrace of the precautionary principle, but just advocating for very specific scenarios. He still rides in cars and planes, for example. He even continues to support nuclear power, because although a nuclear meltdown is not good, the risks are all local. A single nuclear accident will not blow up the planet, and thus can be planned for within the domain of normal risk management. From reading Talib's paper correctly, his main concern with GMOs is that the large, near-monopoly companies are selling newly existing forms of life to a global market, and in effect creating a monoculture, where a huge proportion of the world's crops in each category are single, globally genetically identical species. Furthermore, these are new species, lacking the centuries of farming experience we have with existing ones. This means a high risk of problems, and many such problems carry the risk of infinite cost global ruin. If it has long-term effects on human health, nearly the whole planet will be affected at once. If it's capable of spreading and displacing other species, we'll see this all at once worldwide. And if some new disease can kill this crop, it'll devastate the whole world's food production. Thus, we're taking an infinite potential cost, which can affect us worldwide, and offsetting it against a marginal benefit of improved crops due to GMO incurring the risk of an infinite-cost black swan event for a finite benefit due to GMO crops doesn't balance out mathematically, and thus we shouldn't do it. It seems to me that his most compelling point is really about the risk of the monoculture. Having a tiny set of large companies as global seed suppliers, rather than the risks of GMOs themselves, if Monsanto disavowed GMOs in favor of old-fashioned selective breeding, this monoculture issue would still be present. In general, Talib has good points about monopolies and central control. We do need to be careful about transforming local risks to global ones by making things the same everywhere. This is similar to his critique of the economic theory of comparative advantage that we discussed back in episode 165. We need to watch for and prevent a true worldwide dependence on a tiny set of near genetically identical species and make sure any new species is extensively tested in small local environments before being propagated further and we do need to make sure we never reach a point where too large a proportion of the world is dependent on a single species of crop. But as long as we're taking action to avoid this worldwide monoculture, the concept behind GMO foods is basically the same as traditional selective breeding, producing a new species based on existing forms of life, so it's hard for me to see why it should be treated that differently. Many new plant varieties have been developed and deployed based on selective breeding over the past century as well. Whether GMOs truly provide a risk of global ruin, or really just a finite risk of some bad crops in local markets, becomes even more important when we balance these risks against the potential benefits. Improving overall crop yields and nutritional value, one of the potential GMO benefits, is a life-or-death question for many impoverished populations worldwide. Nobel Peace Prize winner Norman Borlaug, known as the man who saved a billion lives to do his work improving yields of third world agriculture, stated before he passed away that we're approaching natural limits in making use of arable land, and that GMOs would be required in addition to fully end world hunger. Taleb dismisses such GMO benefits because we could theoretically solve the problem through other means, but don't think it's valid to argue on the basis of what can be theoretically done if nobody's currently doing it. Our society, markets, and culture currently have the will and ability to solve these problems through the careful use of GMOs, and are not doing it through the other methods suggested by Talib. So, should we follow Talib's recommendations and ban GMOs due to the imbalance of a finite benefit versus an infinite risk? Or should we embrace GMOs with open arms and dismiss Talib as a kook on this issue? Neither is quite right. I think Talib does have a good point about the risks of monoculture. We need to make sure we create policies that ensure agricultural variety and prevent reaching a point where nearly the whole world is depending on a fragile handful of plant species and sharing a single risk. But it looks to me like as long as we avoid this pitfall, the risks of GMOs are comparable to those of naturally bred species and the potential benefits are massive, potentially saving millions of starving and malnourished people. Thus, we need to think carefully about all the benefits involved and the true level of risk before taking any hasty government action. This has been your math mutation for today.